Welcome to Health Matters at Sargent College. The mission of Sargent College is to advance, preserve, disseminate, and apply knowledge in the health and rehabilitation sciences. BU's Sargent College strives to create an environment that fosters critical and innovative thinking to best serve the healthcare needs of society. Each episode of Health Matters at Sargent College will include faculty, students, or alumni who will share their knowledge with you. I'm Karen Jacobs, the Associate Dean of Digital Learning and Innovation at Sargent College, and I'll be your moderator for each episode. Welcome to this episode of Health Matters at BU Sargent College. On this episode, um, I have an occupational therapist who is a doctoral student in the online post-professional doctorate in occupational therapy program. Jacqueline, welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Now, I'd love you to discuss your doctoral project because it actually is quite unique. And I think our listeners will find it very interesting, but maybe there's some background that you could go over that um, helps us better understand why you selected doing this project. Sure, so I am creating a board game. It's a low-tech, no-tech, I call it board game classic style play. Um, I actually created it a few years ago during my master's program at Turo. And, you know, it was just a class assignment, make something new. I thought, great, I'll make something new and fun. And then when I decided to start the OTD program at Sargent College, I realized this game could be something real and I had to explore it further. So the reason that I really chose this game and to make it specifically classic style play is because we really are in this world of technology. Technology is all around us. Even, you know, listening to this podcast, we are using something high tech and that's amazing. Technology is an amazing, amazing thing but it's also really important to understand how technology impacts children and how it's impacting families as a whole. So that's why I created this board game. I haven't said the name yet for a reason. I actually had to change the name a couple of times because of trademark regulations, but I'm happy to say I have a name going through the trademark process right now. So my board game is unofficially officially called on the dock, OTD, for anyone who, you know, likes fun little wordplay. <laughs> um, so the game on the dock and included in the game, I'm going to have some educational material for parents to really understand why this game is so developmentally beneficial for their children, how they can, how parents can be involved in play, and especially how to make sure that the toys and games that they're providing for their children are going to meet developmental needs. 
So a lot of the games that are available right now, whether it's high tech or low tech, a lot of them are advertised and marketed in a way to make it seem like they're educational, but they also don't have that real evidence backing them up. So in other words, a game has numbers or letters, and because it has numbers and letters, the designers and marketers can say this game is educational, when in fact it does not have that next step to make it truly educational. Yes, and I think that's so important. Um, so can you tell us maybe a little bit more about the game itself? Yeah, so the game itself, so it is pirate themed. Um, and even just having a theme to the game is something that I really thought about in depth. So every little detail is specifically chosen with occupational therapy practices and design in mind. So having the pirate theme can help to really make it a full body experience and all encompassing imaginative gameplay. And it's, um, you can kind of picture like Candyland meets Monopoly. Um, so they're gonna go around a treasure map and to go around, you use a die. So you roll a die, whoever, you know, whatever number is landed on, that's how many spaces you move. Even using a die over a deck of cards, I chose for a specific reason. Um, I can, I'm happy to go into those reasons if you want, but I'll stick with the basics right now. So the number that you pick, you go, uh, that you roll, you get to pick, move that many spaces. And each space has its own little challenge that you need to complete in order to earn doubloons, the Spanish gold coins. And that's how you win. Whoever earns a hundred doubloons first or whoever earns the most amount if you wish to play past 100 or you want to end the game a little bit early, whoever earns the most ultimately wins. But each space, the little challenge is something developmentally beneficial. So there are a lot of different um, sensory plays, whether it's tactile or stereognosis, which is if you're, you know, you, you can identify objects based on touch alone. So I'm having the player have to reach into a treasure chest and select a specific item based on, again, the space that they landed on, or one of the spaces is called walk the plank. So in this space, the player has to do 10 tandem steps. So stand the heel toe steps, which is working on their balance and their ability to sense their body in space. And really a lot of things are being worked on in this space but another aspect of the game altogether is that it has to be played with more than one player which automatically throws in that socialization that is so incredibly crucial for games to have a full positive impact games don't have to always be something for development or for education but if games have a socialization aspect in it it's not just the child sitting on the couch by themselves playing a video game, then they are having a positive impact one way or another. Whereas a lot of the games today, computer games, video games, it's the child on their own sedentary activity. The odds that this game is having 
positive impact are minimal. But what's actually scarier, in my opinion, is that the odds that it's having a potentially negative effect on them, especially based on their brain development, depending on how old the child is, the odds of that are actually very high. So all of that together is really what made me so passionate about creating a game that is fully beneficial. Yeah, thank you. And, you know, you really um, have a focus on attention and using the evidence literature on everything that, all the aspects that you've put into this um, game. You were starting to talk about some of the details and I'd love to hear some more of the details of why you've selected certain things for the game. So please share them, that would be great. Oh yes, yes. So I'll just start with um, the detail that I mentioned briefly, the using a pair of die to see how many um, spaces you roll instead of using a deck of cards. So the reason I chose dice was because the ability to hold the two in your hand is a very important task. And um, just having that bilateral hand coordination, the ability to open and close your hand to grab the dice in the first place and then be able to let them go the moment that you want to let them go. All of these little things are very fine coordinated movements. And not that important movements aren't happening when you're picking up um, a deck of cards or you know one card from the deck, but I actually have different activities throughout the game that would work on similar motor skills that are involved um, similarly to when you're picking up a card. So like I was mentioning before, I have a lot of different um, fine motor skills and tactile related activities throughout the game. So some of them include picking up specific objects, whether it's again, that stereognosis skill where you're identifying something based on touch alone, or I have a couple of things where um, a player has to stick their hand into a substance and locate treasure pieces, not scary substances. It's um, three different things, something that represents sand, something that represents water, um, and then something that represents like fog essentially, and that's just cotton balls but it's three different feelings, three different textures. And through those textures, you have to find yet another texture, which is that object. And in order to grab that object and take it out of the container, you need either a pincer or a tripod grasp. So using two fingers, three fingers, maybe four fingers, um, which is a very similar skill to picking up a card from a deck. So that's why I chose the die. And in explaining that, I mentioned a bunch of the other features of the game. So that is a lot of what's going on in this game. Just a lot of different motor skills, fine motor, gross motor, various sensory inputs are being used. I have one space that does involve a lot of problem solving and a little bit of math. Um, more it's like accounting thing. I don't need to go into every detail here, but that is basically it. Just a number of a number of fun ways to work on a lot of these skills that 
kids need, you know, kids need to work on. It's meant for children ages eight and up. And it's just a fun way. I kind of like to describe it as when um, our parents are trying to sneak broccoli or vegetables, you know, into their kids' desserts, kind of like that. So they don't, they won't even realize that they're learning and they're doing such beneficial things for their development because they'll be having so much fun in the process. Well, I'm excited about it. And um, you're using all of your knowledge and skills as an occupational therapist um, to create this, this game. So how will people be able to uh, get more information about the game? Um, so I am, like I mentioned, in the middle of the trademark process now, and I'm working with a couple of amazing graphic designers to put everything together. And hopefully we will be in the printing process within a couple of months. I am hoping to have an official prototype by August. And then I, my next step, I'm definitely hoping to build a relationship with um, maybe a school or a company that works with children perhaps and see if they'd be interested in a collaboration of sorts. I can bring their game into, you know, have their game, the game throughout the school, something like that. Um, I, my ultimate goal for this game is to have it available publicly. So I want it to be something that's vastly known. I don't want it to be this special game that you can only find in a special store. Because right now, a lot of the games that are beneficial for kids really are, they're, they're called specialty games and they're found at what's called the specialty store. And parents really only know about it if they do maybe a little bit of extra research or if their child is in occupational therapy or speech therapy or physical therapy. So I would love my game to you know, be on the shelf at Target, let's say, or any kind of a store that parents and kids are just walking through or um, you know, available on Amazon, stuff like that. So I'm definitely hoping within the year to have that ball rolling a bit. Wonderful. And if someone has questions now, um, is there a way of reaching you, an email that you could share? Yeah, uh, my email is definitely open. It is my full name, which is a little bit long, Jacqueline Roberman Glynn at gmail.com. That's J-A-C-Q-U-E-L-I-N-E-R-O-B as in boy, E-R-M-A-N-G-L-Y-N at gmail.com. I know that's a mouthful. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Um, I want to thank you for being on Health Matters at BU Sargent College. And I wish you the best in launching this really important game uh, that will be so helpful for child development, but also for parents as well to really understand how they can um, participate in a game such as what you're developing. So thanks again. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. This was really, really fun.